You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, I was uh, going to finish up from what I did last week, last Wednesday, but my, my wife told me I couldn't do that. I had to do something about the crucifixion and, and about this week and everything else. She said, that's unholy if you're going to do something. So you make it down. I said, well, I, I, so I, got, I actually have two sermons here. All different things. I'm not sure which ones we're going to preach right now. And, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's all going to be good, you know. And, um, <laughs> hallelujah, you know. Glory to God. And so, I want you to actually turn to Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to share a few things, but we're going to tie some things in together. Amen. Uh, you know, to talk about this, but one of the things about it is with, you remember when he was on the cross and they said, well, you know, he saved here in verse, uh, <clears throat> let's start in verse 41, I guess. Actually, let's back up. We'll go up to, uh, you know, verse 39 and I'm going to read to you out of the King James Version. It says, and they passed by, rev- reviled him, wagging their heads. And they saying, thou destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days. Save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him and with scribes and elders said, he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe in him. You know. The enemy always wants you to get out of the will of God when things are going bad. In the midst of the worst time of Jesus' life, how difficult was it? How hard was it? I mean, right then and there, he's there. And, and you know he could have come off the cross. He could have called 12 legions of angels. He could have done all of these stuff here, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, they were just, in, in, you know, coming against him and reviling him, talking about things, trying to come against him. And, and that's what the enemy does in our lives. Whenever, you know, we're in the will of God, things may get tough, things may get uh, testing, there may be difficult times. And that's always when he wants you to quit and get you to come down. But man, you, you know, glory to God, Sunday's coming. Hallelujah. It always looks like Friday is not good. Looks like things are really difficult. And uh, there's a challenge of what's going to happen in our lives. But thank God, if we don't quit, and if we continue to do the will of God, we will reap the results that God has for our lives. You know, what Jesus suffered on the cross, what he suffered up till the cross, was incredibly difficult in his life. But you know, the reason he did all that is so that we could fulfill our lives. Amen? Amen? So we could do the things that God wants us to do so that we could live. You know, Jesus died so that we could live. Amen. And what a purpose. Of that. And that's the thing about it. That's the one thing that we have to understand. You know, and I'm going to tie in last Wednesday's was talking about that God's got a fulfillment for all of us. God's got a plan and a purpose for us. That, you know, we are not here, uh, you know, just, you know, basically just to be here. We're not here by accident. Amen. 
you know, we've got some divine appointments that we have. God's got a divine plan. I think I may have shared this, you know, when you minister so much as like I do, things kind of run together. But what happens is, is that Jesus didn't come and, and, and go through the, the crucifixion and didn't do the resurrection just so we could be saved, just so we could make heaven. Because if that was it, then the minute you got born again, you, you get taken out of here. If that was the reason, just the reason, thank God that's we get to go to heaven, thank God for salvation, but God didn't just get us born again and then turn around and say, okay, that's it, now, you know, I'm going to take you out of here. He left us here. He left us in this crazy world to do something. What did he leave us here for? He left us here because he wants to show himself strong to the devil and all of, uh, 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 of the whole world, how great God is what it's like to live on earth with the spirit of God living and dwelling on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. See, see, we need to understand God wants us, you know, to have a purpose. So go with me, if you would, over to first John chapter three, you know, so if my wife asks you, we did read Matthew 27. Okay. You guys cover me up. You guys always throw me under the bus. And she watches it all anyway, so she knows I'm saying this is all good. <laughs> no, but anyways, uh, I, I, I actually, I really love that she loves doing all the things that she likes to do and keeps me focused on all of the things that take place during this time. Uh, you know, uh, because, you know, today what happened during what happens on this day, what happens tomorrow, tomorrow's the Passover, Hallelujah. I mean, Friday's really the Passover, but tomorrow's when they talk about things because Friday he goes to where he's getting crucified and all that kind of stuff. So it's good Friday. But uh, so tomorrow night, you know, different different times and different things. One of these times we're going to let her do the whole uh, Passover dinner for the whole church. We did it for the young adults one time. And that's if you ever saw the pictures on Facebook where I'm wearing the shawl and all that kind of stuff, doing all the things that all of you guys like to do that... I'm not accustomed to doing, so it's a, it's a unique situation. But she's in doing all that stuff. She does great. Hallelujah. But, you know, Jesus came for a purpose, and we need to understand that purpose. Guess what? God's got a purpose for each and every one of our lives, and God's gifts and his callings never change. Amen. You understand that God's gifts and callings never change. So, and God has a plan. God's given each and every one of us a gift to share with the body of Christ and also to uh, a gift to the world so that they can see how God's using us and God's plan for us. Amen? Amen. So here in 1 John chapter 3 and uh, in verse um, 8, hallelujah, you know, it says, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? And the works of the devil, you know, is poverty and sickness and second death. It's all of those things there. And so thank God that Jesus came and his purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. You know, there, there are things that we need to understand in our lives. There's actually three phases that God wants to bring Christians through, you know, until we make Jesus face to face with his presence, with his spirit living on the inside of us, how we walk in. You know, I always share it like this. God wants us to be born again. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Ghost and God wants us to grow up. Yes. Amen. And so he leaves us on the earth so that he can get glory through our lives. 
Amen? Because God said we're supposed to go from strength to strength and from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So it means our life ought to be glorious in the sense of where we're allowing God to use us in what he wants us to do, that there's a plan and there's a purpose. Amen? We need to, because if you don't know why you're here, you know, you get born again, it's like, oh, this is so great, this is so wonderful, and you're happy for a couple of months until you hang around all the other people and they get to become like them. And we don't want to become like them. We want to stay fired up. <clears throat> you know, and so I want to give you these three phases tonight. I just want to share this because I want to get you stirred up for the things of God. There's something God wants us to do. He wants us to stir up the gift of God in us. Amen? I'm not going to be satisfied till we see his glory in, in, in being manifest in a super, supernatural way. Where his presence is being made manifest in our lives. And to where we really, you know, because I've experienced the atmospheres of God. And I've experienced, when I say that, where you come into an atmosphere where it's just crackling with the pre- I mean, people are so ready to receive. They are so excited about the presence of God that they're fighting for the seats. I mean, they're fighting for the seats. I mean, people are getting run over. You know, you got to say, hey, listen, we're supposed to be Christians here. Let's, let's help folks out here, you know. But people are fighting to get in, you know. And, uh, and, and I believe that needs to, there needs to be that heart hunger that comes again. Because here's the first phase that God wants to do is he wants to manifest himself to you. What do we mean by that? Well, that's it. God manifests himself to you. When you got born again, because Jesus said, or the word of God says that you didn't, you know, you couldn't get to God unless the Holy Spirit drew you. So God came and he found you and he wanted you and he drew you to himself. And so you got born again. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. God made himself so real that you wanted him. Amen. I mean, you remember when you got born again? You remember when you, when you got born again? It was just so awesome. I got born again as a, as a child, as a nine-year-old child. But when I got saved, I got saved. Literally, I mean, I knew that I got born again. And, and my life changed. I, I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. I preached to every person that would stand still long enough. You know? And, uh, you know, you've heard my story. I mean, I got saved on a Monday night. Tuesday night, we were, it, was, it was a youth revival, so there was a lot of kids there. I got saved on Monday. I was the only one that got saved on Monday night. But Tuesday night, I dragged 20 kids down to the altar in the church I was at. I said, no, y'all going. I mean, I just got up and shamed them down there. I don't know if any of them got saved, but they all went to the altar. They all said the sinner's prayer. They said, well, how did you have that much influence? I don't know. To this day, I don't know how that happened. Because my brother and my sister actually, uh, you know, my sister went down. I thought my brother went down too, my older brother. But, you know, I, you know, there's conflicting stories on that, but I thought he did. And, uh, but anyways, it was just because I just knew the difference in my life, you know. And I was a very obnoxious kid, so nobody liked to be around me. I mean, I can say that now. I didn't like, you know, then I, you know, want you. So what do you mean you were obnoxious? I liked me. I like me more than anybody else in the world, so that made it very obnoxious, okay? I still like me pretty good, okay? But still, it's like, you know, we look at this and we see this, but you need to understand, when you get born again, God puts a new heart in you. He puts his spirit in you. Things change. And if it didn't change, then we need to get you truly, truly born again. 
That's like this. Like, you know, we have children's church over there and, 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 and almost every Wednesday or, or, or Wednesday night or even Sunday, kids raise their hand to get saved. They get saved all the time. And people say, you know, well, why, do you, why don't you stop them from doing that? Listen, when it takes, they'll stop. Don't ever stop them, anybody from responding to God. You never stop anybody responding. If God touches your heart, you respond. Hallelujah. Now, see, I grew up in a church that preached hell hot. I got born again. I knew I was saved. But man, they would preach hell so hot, I'd go down and rededicate my life the next week. Man, I wore out my rededicator. You know, because all things are going on, so you just, you just did it. You know, but that was okay. I didn't, I went down to me and God talked and everything was great. It turned out really good. But see, the new birth changes us. See, God, man, and God still manifests himself to us. He's still showing how great he is in our lives. Amen. But that's the first thing he does is he gets to you and you get to receive him as Lord and Savior. And then, oh, wow, how great God is. How wonderful God is. But see, God doesn't want to continually be the one manifesting. God doesn't want to leave you in the desert. Because see, the children of Israel, when they were in the desert, God did everything. He was a, a pillar of fire by night and he was a cloud during the day, keeping it at the perfect temperature. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. God fed them with manna. Then he fed them with quails. He did. God was doing everything. God was just showing himself strong to them. And they were totally out of the will of God. See, we want God to do everything. No, God, listen, the minute that God's just, well, God, God wants to manifest himself to you. Once he does that and you get truly born again, he shouldn't, he doesn't chase you anymore. You should be chasing him. It should be your heart's desire. You should be running after, you should be hungry. You should be like, man, I want more. I want more. Oh, I want all that you have. Amen. Amen. Because see, God, he, he's managing Because the second phase that God wants to do in your life, hallelujah, glory to God, is he wants to manifest himself in you. Yes. And the biggest thing about that, that's getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's beginning to get the word of God to become life. God give you revelation. God giving you truth. See, the more that, the bigger that God gets on the inside of you, hallelujah, then God can take you on to the next phase. God can do things, but you need to get God big on the inside of you. Amen? Remember what the Bible says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He talked about the, that, uh, that the Holy Spirit came down and was like a mighty rushing. Because you need to understand the Holy Spirit's a person. He's not a language. People get all caught up in tongues, man. You just need to get filled with the Holy Spirit and God, your heavenly language will come. You'll be blessed. God will do so. You get on fire for God. God changes you on the inside. It's one thing to have a well of water, which is what the salvation is, but it's another thing to have rivers of living water flowing out of you. How do I do that? You have rivers. You have a never-ending supply. See, and, and the bigger God is on the inside of you, how to, and we're going to tie all of these together because we want to see manifestations of the Spirit of God. We want to see God using us to do the things he wants to do. But if we can't make God big on the inside of us, if we're not hungry and inside, we don't have a heart cry for God, then we're in trouble. Amen? I mean, we've got to hunger and thirst after God. There's got to be this heart cry, hallelujah. And here's the thing about it. The greater work in you, the greater the work is in you, the greater the work will be through you. Because that's the third phase. God wants to work through you to be a blessing to others. God never anoints you for you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. 
You know, I'm anointed to pastor. I'm anointed to preach the gospel. I'm anointed. And I, and, and then I get up here and I speak and I go, wow, that's, I'm going to write that down. That's good stuff. And I get it, you know, but I'm not anointed to live it. I have to live it just like you have to live it. To so take hold of the word of God and apply it to my life, I got to live it because, you know, God doesn't anoint me for me. He anoints me for you. And he anoints you for others. Amen. Because one, phase three is God wants to manifest himself through you. And each one of us has a gift, and if we'll find that gift and that gifting, God wants to manifest that through us so we can be a blessing to the body of Christ, but also a blessing to the world so the world can see God's hand upon us. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. That's what he wants. And God wants to reveal things to us. He's not hiding anything. Amen? God's not hiding. See, he wants to manifest. First of all, when you, he wants to manifest himself to you. And what happens, everybody else wants God to do things. God, I'm going to pray that you do this. God, I want you to do this. God, would you do this in my life? Sounds like all of us have prayed to God that way. God, do this. God, do this. God, do that. And it's like, the problem is, is that we need to be sitting, you know, looking on the inside of it and say, God, how big is my God on the inside? Because the kingdom of God is within us, the Bible says. So if the spirit of God is within us and his word needs to get on the inside, because how big is our God on the inside of us? Because how big he is on the inside is how great he's going to come out of us to be a blessing to others. See, that's one of the biggest things. When you get it and know it on the inside of you, and inside of your spirit that you know, wait, God's going to meet my needs. God's going to bring it. And God can use even me. Amen? Amen? You're there in 1 John 3. Go back to 1 John 2. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thoroughly convinced we're not hungering after God like we need to hunger. There's so many distractions, and I know that. In my own life, there's so many things. I'm just trying, you know, keep my head above water, doing so many. There's so much going on, so many things. And yet, you know, the the enemy's always trying to come at you. But man, we got to put first things first. If we want God's glory and God's presence, we've got to press in and allow God to be God. And here's the key. It's how he manifests himself on the inside of How big is God on the inside of you? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen? But here, God says, I want to, I in phase three, is I want to manifest myself through you to be a blessing. Here in 1 John chapter 2, you know, verse 20, says, but you have an anointing, or you have, the King James says you have an unction, but it says you, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Wow. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, you personally, as you, you don't know all things, but the Holy Spirit in you knows all things. He'll make you look smart. Praise God. Now, look at verse 27. He says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as that same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. See, it doesn't mean that we don't need teachers in the body of Christ or pastors or ministry gifts, because it talks about that. What John was saying, listen, you guys know the truth. And if you know the truth, it's going to set you free. But also, if you know the truth, then I can manifest the truth through you. Amen? Remember what Luke 4, 18, which is the scripture on here. You know, it says, you know, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. He's anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. To heal the brokenhearted. 
to set the captives free. Amen? To talk about that, you know, those, uh, uh, you know, set at liberty them that are bruised. Hallelujah. Opening the eyes of the sight to see, the blind to see, hallelujah, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When you understand that the anointing, which, you know, I've, I've had this where a lot of people, they don't like that word anointing. People have tried to take it away. The anointing just simply means the presence of God. It just simply means when the anointing, the presence of God, he wants to do something in your life. When you sense God's presence, don't sense and say, oh, that makes me feel so good. Praise God for that, but he has to do more than just make you feel good. Jesus didn't die and get ra- and be raised from the dead just so you can feel good. Amen? See, we, we, we get afraid of some things. We get afraid of the anointing. We get afraid of the power of God. We get afraid of the spirit of God because we think, oh, well, then God's going to deal with me. Well, of course he's going to. That's why he, phase one is God manifests himself until you get born again. Phase two is get filled with the Holy Spirit. But then let God deal with you on the inside so that you can see his glory. Amen? See, you make sure that it works at home before you can ship it abroad. Then he says, what I want is I want to work through you. And see, in the midst of things, in the midst of the most difficult times, that's when we need each other. And that's when we need to rise up and say, no, no, God can do it. I'm okay. I'm not afraid. I can handle it. I'll help. Amen? Because God wants to work through us. There's a manifestation that he wants to work through us. You know, that's the one thing. And many times we think, well, ah. You know, who am I? Who am I? Well, if you find out who you are in Christ, then you do know who you are. Who are you? You're a blood-bought child of the king. Amen? Glory to God. That greater, the greater one lives and dwells on the inside of you. And it'll change your life. There's a heart hunger that needs that. And you know, how many know that we've got to continue? And as we do this, God opens up his life. You know, because we pray for revival, we pray for restoration, we're praying for all of these things, and yet, if they don't start in us first, and we start proclaiming, man, I've been revived, I've been changed, do you ever just go around and say, what do I have in this new birth? What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, to have the life and the nature of God abiding on the inside of me? Hallelujah. To have the kingdom of God that can be there, that I can look and see that Jesus said that me and my father, we're going to come, we're going to make our abode in you, and we're going to live with you forever through the Holy Spirit. And if that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you and me, what's he doing in there? Is he just hanging out? Hallelujah. Or is he stirring us up? Is he stirring us? Because our spirit's been born again. Our spirit's been alive unto God. Amen. Because God wants to do things. How many of you know that God said that these signs will follow them that believe? There's some signs that are supposed to follow us. One of those signs is you're supposed to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen? Other signs, you're supposed to cast out devils. Supposed to speak with new tongues. Other signs says that you have authority over the enemy. But if we're not praying, we're not fellowshipping with God. See, see what happens is, is that everybody wants this relationship with God. But it, we, when you have a relationship with God, he fills you with authority. He fills you with power. And then he fills you with commandments to go. God said go. He never said stop. You know, the great commission is not the great suggestion. It's the great commission, which means he's commissioned. He said go. He said go into all the world. 
He said, go. Why? Because when you show up to any situation, you've got the answer. Because there's no temptation that's coming against you that God hasn't already made a way of escape or already given you grace to overcome it. Amen. And there is nothing that you face that you can't overcome or nothing you face that God won't give you the answer to because he said he would. He said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to be with you in everything. All you got to do is trust me. Look to me. Look to me. And then I'm going to give you words to speak through you. I'm going to give you answers to come through you to change the circumstances that are around you. Y'all doing okay? Okay. Y'all listening hard, huh? (laughs) I mean, why do you think that John the Baptist said this, you know, after he baptized Jesus and everything, and John the Baptist's disciples said, hey, John said, listen, I must decrease, but he must increase. You know, how many of you know that in our lives, that when we get born again, when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, we die to ourselves. No longer is it us, but it's us in Christ Jesus. Amen? See, Mark Butler died when he was nine years old, but Mark Butler in Christ Jesus is alive and well. Hallelujah. And I've been saying that for years and years and years because it changes the whole perspective It changes my whole perspective. And here's the thing, too. God's not hiding things from us. Now, he's hidden some things from the world for us. Amen? They can't see. They're blinded. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Amen? But he's not blinding it from you and I. Praise God. He's wanting us to. He's wanting to open us up our hearts. Why? Because we want to manifest the Holy Spirit. We want to manifest the Spirit of God on the inside of us. How do, how do we deal with it? How do we handle it? Here's what we can do. Because God's given us this. We have an unction from the Holy One. Or we have an anointing. As one, you know, good back southern preacher said, you've got to unction the function. <laughs> so start functioning. <laughs> Amen. Someone says, "What is that?" That's the unction or the anointing of God. You know, it's kind of like you know, the the old Scottish you know preacher said this. He said, "Well, we know you know it's it's better felt than telt." And uh, so the key is is that you understand and know, but the anointing is more than a feeling. Remember I said I've been in ministry, I've been in places where the anointing, I mean the air and the atmosphere, it's just, it's so charged with faith and so charged with people believing. And you see miracles, signs, I mean you see miracles, signs and wonders, I mean miracle after miracle. And I started out in that and and I'm like, Lord, I still believe we still need that today. I still believe that we need that. Why are we not seeing what we're seeing? We see a little split, split, but where there's, there's this heart hunger. And the key was, is that's what he said. It's, it says that heart hunger. He said it's the heart hunger that we have. If we don't get back to the heart hunger and hungering after God for who he is, not for what he can do. We're not seeking miracles. We're not seeking his manifestation. We're not seeking signs and wonders. We're seeking him. And when you seek him, he does it. He just does things. You know, I, I mean, praise God. Why? Because Jesus said he had to finish his work. Jesus finished his work, and now he wants us to finish our work. He's gone. That's why he didn't take us out. That means if we're living here and we're breathing, we've got more to do. We've got more to do. God still has a plan. we still got a voice. Amen.
But if we come together as believers, we ought to come together with an expectancy to receive the word, but we ought to come to expectancy that if there's anybody here, glory to God, God, you want to touch their lives. Touch their lives. Hallelujah. Lord, you need to touch their lives. You need to do this. You need to see your hand, your purpose. Hallelujah. Because here's the thing about it. Most people, when they get born again, they just think they got saved. Jesus loves them. They don't realize that God gave them a gift. Amen. God gave you a gift. First Peter chapter 4 tells us that God gave each and every one of us a gift. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 tells us that we... If I go to Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was going to change gears there, but we're not doing that. We're going to go back up here so we can let you know. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace, which is the word gift, it's the word charisma, it's the word gifts, if you read over in 1 Corinthians, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Well, God gave it to us, and he gave us gifts, and he gave things for us to do in the body of Christ. Amen? Thank God he gave us gifts of uh, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, you know, teachers, and pastors. He gave us those, those gifts, but the, the thing about it is that he gave each and every one of us something that we can go and give back to the body of Christ. It means, well, I don't know what I can give. You know, what is my gifting? I don't know what it is. You know, if you do the general things, then your specific things will begin to be made manifest. And it's not that, oh, look how great I am. No, it's like, look what I can do and give back to God and be a blessing. Hallelujah. Be an encouragement and give it, giving honor to God and allowing God to be God. Amen. And, you know, First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As each one of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another. As befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, do it as faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Every one of you have blessings and every one of you has something to give to the body of Christ. And if you don't believe that, then what happens is you won't do anything. You'll just say, yeah, but who am I? You know, for many years, for many years, you know, I pastored for many, many years. And I just thought everybody else was a lot smarter than I was. And they just had a lot more better things. And I was just working on what I could do here. You know, all of my, and I'm not knocking education, okay? I'm not knocking getting degrees or getting your doctorate or getting your master's. Or, and all of my friends, that was a big deal in the body of Christ. Everybody was, you know, and, and most of my friends are all, they've got their doctorate. You know, they got their master's, they got their doctorate. They're all, you know, real brilliant guys. And I really appreciate that, you know. And I hang around with guys like that because they're smart. Okay, I mean, I, hang, I used to hang around with a, one of my best friends that was here. He's now pastoring another church, but he had 16 years of, of higher learning uh, in theology. So he had his PhD in, in theology. And so he was brilliant. And he would talk to, he'd say things and I'd be like, she used words that just way over my head. And it was so funny. I don't know why you like to hang out with me. We'd hang out, we'd do things. He said, man, I love hanging out with you. I said, Why? He says, because you got some more faith than anybody I've ever seen. He said, you've got more, and, and you're just, you got, you believe the word of God more than anybody, and you just got more faith. It just, it's amazing. I just like hanging out, you know, and I, and I, I laughed. I said, yeah, but if you knew my education, <laughs> you'd be like, how are you even in the ministry? I said, yeah, you know, but the key is, is that I use all I know. 
So, and I've learned and studied and reading and doing. Of course, I've been in this for 43 years. So you, you find a few things just in, in, in your studies and what you're doing. But we had such great conversation. But I laughed at him. I said, gosh, if you knew, you know. And uh, the funny thing about it is I've actually helped, you know, three or four guys get their doctorates, get their masters. I was their mentor. You know, did everything, wrote everything, and helped them process things. And I laugh at it because they all got there. And they're like, oh, yeah. And they wrote me down as the person. And I got to go before a board in front of Stanford over here. All these guys sitting up, I mean, all these PhDs and, and talking, commu- you know. And we're doing theology and all kinds of doctrines. And it was like, because I'm sitting with a guy going, I'm just, I, I'm, I was like, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me because I don't even know how to talk, let alone explain, you know, the ecclesiastical powers of this and how this and all the different, you know, verbiages you got to use in order to make these guys understand what it is. But hey, they all just loved me. We just came out of there and the guy got his, he got his doctorate degree and everything. And they just thought I, they thought I was so, you know, educated, I laughed and laughed and laughed. Thank God they didn't ask me where I went to school. Thank God they didn't ask me where, I, you know, I got it. I mean, I, you know, I would have told them I, I graduated from the school of hard knocks. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, when you see these things, and why do I share that with you? It's because the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit is what brings life to you. The Holy Spirit is what brings it up. But he wants to work. Through. He wants you to touch everyone around you. There are people that only you can touch. We're not going to touch. You're going to touch their lives. And God's placed in there so you can bring life into them. Amen? But God has a purpose. He has a purpose. So that's when you get up and go, man, I've got a purpose. So I say, well, I may not know what it is. It doesn't matter. You've got purpose. You've got purpose. I'm living for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to get up. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to get up and worship God. I'm going to get up and pray. I'm going to do this. Glory to God because God has a purpose and a plan for my life and I'm going to. Because that's how you get fulfilled. Amen. You have vision that we're going to, well, I'm going to get to see Jesus. I'm going to get to see Jesus. That's where I'm headed. I see his hand. I see his plan. I see his purpose in my life. Thank God God knew all about you. Isn't it wonderful that God, if you're born again, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, guess what? God sought you out. God did phase one. He revealed himself to you. Hallelujah. And if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've started the process of God revealing himself in you. And what happens is, is that we get, we get blows or we get, remember I said, that's why I started out with Matthew 27, two reasons, one's for my wife, the other one for this, is because right in the midst of everything, when, when you're doing, if, well, if you're the son of God and you healed others, if you're the son of God, why don't you just come on down off of there? Why don't you get out of God's will? Why don't you get out of God's will, get off the cross, you can do this, you don't have to suffer. You know, if you are the son of God, come off the cross and we'll believe in you. Sounds like what the devil did over in Luke 4 when he said, hey, if you'll jump off of here, the Bible says the angels will keep you before you even dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus was doing the will of God. See, what happens is in everything in the, in the word of God, when you're in the will of God, the devil's always going to try to get you out of it. When things get hard, when things get tough, that's when things, you know, the enemy is saying, wait, listen, if you were in the will of God, it wouldn't be this hard. 
can't tell you how many times that people have told me that. Preachers have told me that in my life. You know, and I thought, it must be something wrong with me. Because one preacher told me this. He said, man, you've been to hell and back three times. I said, man, I didn't even want to go the first time. <laughs> I said, <laughs> but I just thought that was not, I thought everybody had these kind of, I just, we just plugging in doing God. We just doing things, you know. He said, man, you know, I tell people what, what I had to go through for, you, you know, a few, three, four months or whatever for the year. And see, holy cow, one of those things would have caused me to quit. One of those things would have caused me to stop. I'm thinking, what do you mean stop? I'm in the will of God. I'm doing what God's word says. Let me tell you all the good things that have happened. You just asked me about, you know, hey, we always have this. But so what? So what? The devil's roaring. So what the devil's doing? Glory to God, I want to tell you what God is doing. Hallelujah. Because believe it or not, each one of us, each one of you are craving the supernatural power of God to be made manifest through you. And to be manifest in you when you just get that revelation, get that knowledge of, wow, God, thank you that you're so real on the inside of me. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for showing me. Thank you, Father, that your plan, your purpose, just knowing your will for my life. Hallelujah. This is what I'm doing, and and I'm going to follow it. Because God said he'd show us. He says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. See, God has it, and you won't be fulfilled until you're allowing God to do it. Even if you're just being there, being an encouragement, showing up, bringing a supply of the Spirit. You know, each one of you has a supply of the Spirit. You come with a supply, and when you come with that supply, we make a greater conduit so God can move and heal and touch lives for each and every person that's around us. See, God wants to reveal himself, God wants to show himself, and God wants to not only touch your life, but he wants to touch somebody around you. Amen? He does. He does. It's, it's funny. People say, yeah, but, you know, I'm feeling really terrible, so I'm not going to come to church today. That's the perfect place you need to be. You need to run and come in there and go, gosh, God, let me sit by somebody who just can slop over something on me. Just slop over blessing. I'll take a slop over blessing right now. I need some help here. Amen. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. You know, because when the enemy fights you so hard to, to minister, or so hard to preach something, it's difficult. Or, or he fights you to get to the places and, because he's trying to stop you from talking to somebody. He's trying to stop you from the will of God. Amen. But God has a plan. God has a purpose. Hallelujah. That's going to change your life, change your world. It's going to bring you into like glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you can begin to see it and receive it. And it'll be something super, supernatural, something wonderful. Because we're going to see manifestations of the Spirit of God. So we got to prepare you for those things there. But if you can get God so big on the inside, you're going to be so excited about what God's doing when he's touching lives. And you're not going to get upset. Well, God, why are you doing that for them? Amen. Exactly. Because, you know, just because somebody else gets something doesn't mean it's your loss. There's plenty more around. There's so much more around. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Is that once you do that, and here's the key. The reason we don't see God doing a lot of things through us is because God's not big in us. How big is your God? How big is your want to? How big is your God cry? See, and that determines how big your supply is. 
Because people say, well, I don't need to go to church. I, yeah, no, the thing about this is that, you know, if you can't, and you can watch that, you want to do that. I, I mean, I love our technology because when I'm not here, or, or I, can, I can go back and see how lousy my sermon was or something, I can at least check it out there and say, hey, you know, I didn't finish any of my sentences and tough things there. So, you know, I, I, I hate to listen to myself because I'm my worst critic, you know. But, hey, praise God. But there's something about being together. There's something about connectivity. There's something about being in the service. There's an anointing that you can't get anywhere else. There's something about, there's a connectivity. There's something that happens in God and you're in that perfect will of God and you know that, then God's hand can just open up his door to you. I mean, I've had something, you've heard me share this and I'm gonna close with this on some things. Is that being in those services or being in services or just being in places and listening and really wanting to be intent. And I take notes and then I go up and talk to the speaker because they're usually my friends and be able to go and talk and say, or even just coming out of a, of a big service and say, man, that was awesome. And they're like, oh, he just said the same old thing. I said, man, he said this, 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 this. And then and everybody's like, what service was you in? I was in my own little service, I guess, because I got all this. I, I got me a six-week, six-part message. I mean, we're ready to go here. Supernatural stuff, because I'm not tied to what the person is saying. The Holy Spirit is saying to me. Amen? You be in there, and you take hold. And I can't tell you how many times that that's happened over and over. Why? Because I had a hungry heart. Because I was wanting to get it. I was wanting to get what the Holy Spirit was trying to say. I wanted to receive. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I mean, I at one time in, in 1988, I, I, got, I got there late on a Monday night. And, uh, and so I had to sit in the back. And so I was sitting in the back. There was about 2,000 people in this auditorium. And I was sitting in the back. And, man, everybody was just talking. They were doing things. They were getting up. And I lost it. I just, I did. I lost it. I said, whoa. I said, man, you guys, I said, did, why did you come? Why are you here? I said, listen, I can tell you, tomorrow I'll be on the front row. I can, I'm going to be here. I'm going to get on the front row. I'm going to be here. I can promise you that. I am not. I was here late. I, you know, my plane got in, but I wanted to get here to the service. Got here. I said, I don't even know why you guys came. I said, but I want to hear what he has to say. I need to hear what he has to say. You know, and I did. I just, I mean, I said it out loud and to everybody. You know, I mean, I'm surprised the usher didn't come over and yell at me. But the next, that next day, I, I was on the front row. And then you, when you hear all of those from that particular seminar, and you hear all of the things, I mean, morning and night, you hear those the next Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, or, and Friday night, you hear me laughing. Because I have a very unique laugh, okay? And I'm right there. And of course, if you have the videos, you see me right there. And I mean, I'm there because I, it says, well, that was very rude of you. No, for me, the word of God is so valuable and so important. And if I'm paid all kinds of money, I'm going to pay a, a plane ticket and I'm going to play a hotel. I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to spend $5,000 for this week. I got to get something. Okay. I'm going to get something. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Because I'm hungry. And it was, for me, it was the, one of the most greatest seminars. And uh, it was such a, I mean, I valued it so much. I had all of the cassette tapes. So I took all of the cassette tapes, which there was 22 of them, because it happened to be Brother Hagen. And so, you know, he didn't do 
45-minute sermons. He did hour and a half, two-hour sermons. So there was like double tapes for everything that was going on. And so I had all of those put on CDs. It cost me $200 to put those on CDs. But they're golden. They're golden. I listened to those things for the last, you can do the math, from 1988 until now is a few years. Okay? 44, I think, or something like that. Not 44, 34. 34 years. So I have listened to those. I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to those because it's a series that's such a, it, it just ministers to my life. And uh, uh, for me, those are probably the most precious ones I have. Now, I had every cassette tape from, you know, 19 or, or 1982 till 2003 of every Winter Bible Seminar and every camp meeting because I wanted to go back over it. Every one, which, you know, they're huge. They're big. You know, they're stuck in somewhere. I don't know where they're at, but they're somewhere. Now they're in filing cabinets. But what I share with you is because the word of God is precious to me. Now, I know you can go on YouTube and you can just get them all. You don't even have to have them anymore. You can watch them. But these are precious. Why? It was valuable because the word of God was so Because I needed to hear what God was speaking. Because I want Jesus to be so big in me that I can let him work through me that I'm not intimidated by anything. Amen? And that's what God, I want to get you to be that way so that when you're out there and God says, hey, do this, you can just lay hands on him. You can talk to him. You can bring a word in due season. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for these wonderful folks, Father. They're so precious. Lord, our hearts desire that people get born into the kingdom of God. Our hearts desire that people get filled with the Holy Spirit. And our hearts desire that people grow up in the things of God. Father, we want you to manifest yourself to us. We want you to manifest yourself in us. And we want you to manifest yourself through us to change each and every person's around us. Thank you for it, Father. Father, we declare we're not going to be satisfied till your glory fills this house. I mean that we can see it, taste it, and just know the power and the presence of God is being made manifest. Thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.